0: I know I'm using up my time. I want you to come with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 27. Genesis, chapter 27. The title of my message this morning is The Blessing of a Father. The Blessing of a Father. Can we just one more time take an opportunity just to put our hands together for all our fathers? Come on, for all our fathers, let's put our hands together. Thank you, dads. Thank you, fathers, for all that you do. Genesis, chapter 27. Uh, I'm going to read verse 41. Genesis 27, verse 41. Yell out when you're there. Genesis 27, 41 says, So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Let me read it one more time. So Esau hated Jacob. Because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand, then I will kill my brother Jacob. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word this morning. Father, help me to deliver that which you've entrusted to me. Father, I pray, Lord God, that I would get out of the way, that this morning people would hear you. Father, that your voice would be the loudest voice in this pulpit this morning. Father, these would not be my words. These would not be come from my spirit, but, Father, from the spirit of the living God. Father, these words would be life, that these words would be strength. These words would would be vitality. These words would produce transformation that only your spirit and your words can. Father, I thank you, Lord God, this morning that demonic strongholds will be shattered, that the... Attacks and assignments from the devil would be completely defeated and shut down and father that destinies and victories would be unleashed and released father I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and everybody said Amen In case you don't know the story for time's sake. I want to just abbreviate the story But it's interesting because we find Esau here in a very similar situation to the very very first two boys the very first two young lads on the planet, uh, which is, uh, you know, Cain and Abel, and they both bring an offering to the Lord, and the Lord blesses Abel and his offering, but doesn't respect Cain and his, and because of the blessing that was on Abel, Cain plots to murder him, and actually takes him out in the field, lures him out there, and then kills him over blessing. And so here we find hundreds and hundreds of years later, we find here are two two twins, Jacob and Esau. Esau's the eldest. And what has happened is that uh, Isaac has said to, to his son Esau, who's the eldest, he said, listen, go out into the field, take your bow, your arrows, and your spear, and go and hunt me some wild game. The Bible says that Isaac's eyes had grown dim. He'd lost his vision. He was in the latter stages of his life in fact the the scripture teaches here that he was only just days away from passing out of this life into eternity and he wanted to bless his son so he said to his son esau go out into the field and hunt some game and then cook it for me the way that i like so that my soul may be refreshed when i eat of it that i may stretch out my hand and bless you well rebecca isaac's wife the mother of the boys, heard this. And when she saw Esau gathering his weaponry and going out into the field, she went into Jacob and she said, listen, you know, Dad, dad's about to bless. She says, quickly, I'm going to make some goat and I want you to go in there and pretend that you're Esau so that you can get the blessing. And, and Jacob says, I can't pretend that I'm Esau. You know, Esau's a hairy man. He says, and I'm of smooth skin. So she killed a young goat and she took the, the goat skin and she put it on his on his arms, up his sleeve so that he felt, he would feel furry hair. And, and 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 then he brought it in and, and he says, here I am, my father. And uh, Isaac says, who are you, my son? He said, oh, I'm Esau. He said, that's not Esau's voice. That's Jacob's voice. No, no, I'm Esau. He says, come near me that I may feel you. When he came near, when he felt the hair and he says, well, I guess I feel the, and so he Jacob, whose name means deceiver, used deception. And so after eating the the goat stew that, that, you know, Rebecca, his wife, had made, the Bible says that Isaac reached out his hand and he put his hand on Jacob and he blessed Jacob. And we find the blessing in verse 27. In verse 27, uh, Isaac said to him, come near me. And he kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing, and he blessed him and said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Therefore may God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be those who bless you now i just want to point out this morning how powerful this blessing must have been this this was a moment this was this was an afternoon this was maybe 15 minutes maybe 30 minutes at the most in behind closed doors in a room where an elderly man about to pass out of this life eats a goat stew and then stretches out his hand towards his son but it was so powerful because it was more than just a private moment it was the blessing of a father it was the blessing of a father. It was it, So powerful was this blessing of a father that when the, the elder son who had the right to this blessing came in and realized that the father had blessed the younger in his place, he became so angry, so filled with hostility that he says, the days of mourning for my father at hand, I'll wait till he passes out of this life and then I'm going to murder my brother Jacob for truly he is a deceiver. So powerful is this blessing. This morning, I want to speak to you on the topic on this Father's Day of the blessing of a father. Ladies, I, I need you to understand that there, is, that there is a place that God has ordained. There is a position, there is an influence, there is an anointing, and there is a power that fathers carry. Yeah. Rebecca could not bring the blessing. Rebecca couldn't speak. That All she could do was position her sons to receive the blessing, but she couldn't bring the blessing. We live in an age where where feminism has tried to has tried to diminish the role of the father, diminish the role of the man, and elevate the the position. And all it has done, it has undone our society because there really is an anointing that rests upon fathers. So let me let me just kind of break that down in case I'm already pushing buttons, and I know we just got through Moneyopoly, and you know and, you know we, we kind of did a you know a nice kind of purge of, of you know and uh, but you know. Let, while I'm out there, let, let me just tell you number point number one. Let me just tell you, the devil has targeted men. Let me just tell you that number one, the devil has targeted men. Fathers are becoming an endangered species. Fathers are becoming an endangered species. When Jesus, when Jesus was asked by his disciples, his disciples came and said, "Lord, teach us to pray." Jesus, when he teaches his disciples to pray. Doesn't say when you pray, say Yahweh, when you pray say Lord, he says, when you pray, say our Father. He introduces God as a Father. The whole world is has been created to be a reflection of God. The Bible says, in the beginning the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was dark and void. Darkness covered the face of the deep, the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters because God is light and he sees his reflection in the waters because God created the universe to reflect Him and His glory. But then God goes to the dirt. He goes to the dust. There is no reflection in dust. So what does God do? God puts His hand in the dust and He shapes a man in His image and His likeness, because God's going to have both the water and the dust. The the, 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 the sea and the land is going to reflect the glory of God. God is determined. It's His world. It's His universe. This is His stage. This is His production. And it's going to reflect His glory. And so God is introduced as a Father. I need you to catch this. God is introduced as a Father. He is our heavenly father. He is not a he is not a capricious God. He is not a mean God. He is not, you know, a distant God or a foreign God or a separated God. He is your heavenly father. He is God, make no mistake about it, but he introduces himself as your father. A father has two responsibilities: protection and provision. And he's a God that brings both protection and provision into our lives. Can somebody say amen? That's why it's so important that we tithe, because when we tithe, we come under provision. See that I'm not throwing the window. Windows of heaven pour out such blessing, provision, and I rebuke the devourer for your sake, protection. God rebukes the devourer when we come under, we acknowledge him as our father, we acknowledge him as our God. But you need to understand that, that fathers have become an endangered species. See, I'm not saying that the devil doesn't attack women, but you'll find all the way in the Bible, whenever the enemy came and attacked women, it was always to bring them into captivity. It was always to bring them into captivity. But when the the enemy came after the men, it was always murder. It was always murder. If you think of Moses in the time of Moses, when Pharaoh saw the strength of the Israelite nation, what did he do? He says, let's take every male child. Now, If you wiped out all the females, the the Israelite nation, but he says, take every male child and let's throw the males into the ocean into the river. Let's kill the males. Let's let's, let's destroy all the males. Let's, why? Because in Genesis, God said to Eve, he says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed and the devil's seed. A woman doesn't have seed. The man is the seed bearer. But he's saying between what you bring forth, the man that you bring forth. See, the devil knows that, that he may bring a woman into captivity, but it, but he wants to kill the man. And so we live in an age and we live in a generation where, where you need to understand, ladies, that the, the temptations, the battles, the struggles, the trials, the difficulties, the things in this world are all aligned at taking down the man. Because the devil knows if he can kill your man, he gets two for one. How many people I've seen over the years, you know, broke down, beat down because they, she lost her husband. She lost her daddy in her teenage years. She lost her son, her only son. She lost her son. And, and in, in the death of the son, the death of the husband, the death of the father, she carries a weight. She was never meant to carry. She carries a burden. It's a two-for-one deal. And so the enemy goes after. Let me just tell you this. This is not just Jurg's kind of preaching theory from the scriptures. If you ever look, do you realize that, that uh, more money... Males are stillborn than females. More males die of cot death, crib death. More males die of crib death than females. Male, male children uh, have three times the rate of contracting diseases of females. Females outlive men 10 to 15 years longer. Insurance companies know this. That They, they tell the, the woman, make provision. As a husband, I have life insurance. As soon as I got my life insurance policy, Leanne bought me bungee jumping tickets in Mexico. Yeah. Skydiving tickets. I called up. I called up, you know, Raul's Landscaping. I said, oh, hang on. Uh, is this bungee jumping? We do everything, senor. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, it's awesome. And uh, Leanne said, it's cheaper if you do the skydiving without the parachute. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. But, you know, even when we, even when we have this church, when, 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 with this church, I have to have key man insurance. Because the insurance company knows that, that something, something always happens, that there's an attack against men. I'm not sure if you realize this, but uh, 80%, not 50%, 80% of the suicides in America are men. Not 50 50 Not 40-60, 80-20. 80% 80 of the suicides in America are men. Men are more prone to heart disease, to cancers, to all kinds of things. There's an attack on man. Ladies, I need you to understand that the man that, that is sitting next to you, the man who is your father, he didn't have a perfect role model. He didn't have a perfect image to follow. And, and you need to understand that the reason there's such an attack on man, such an attack on the male, such an attack is because the devil knows that a man is that first representation of our heavenly father. Our earthly father is the first picture that a young child will see of the heavenly father. And a father is a GPS to a child. A father is the one that re- that reroutes the system. When you take a wrong turn, he reroutes. He reprograms. That's what a father's voice is meant to be. So the devil goes after dads. He goes after fathers to make sure the children grow up without that voice, without that lead, without that guiding in their lives. And, and, and you know, I look back in my life and, you uh, looking, longing for for Father's affirmation. It never came from my earthly father because he never got it from his father. Because the enemy had gone in and his father was a violent alcoholic and because my dad hated, would not honor his father but dishonored his father. He grew up with a bitterness and a hatred towards his dad. And all he did by holding bitterness and hatred towards his father was he put a seal over his life because the very things that you hold in, you repeat. See, whatever you take in is what you're going to reproduce. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life, or the heart is a wellspring of life. If you've got hatred and bitterness in your heart, all you're going to produce is hatred and bitterness. That's why Jesus says, forgive, let it go. Jesus says, whatever sins you forgive, those will be forgiven you. But whatever you retain, those will be retained by you. And so my my earthly father never said, I remember, you know, uh, I played representative soccer, and I remember in this one game, dad was watching and I scored a hat trick. I scored a hat which is three goals in a row, and uh, you know they, they kind of put me on the shoulders. The coach lifted me up at the end, and I thought today's the day when my dad cannot say anything negative. Today, my day has to say today. My dad has to say something positive. And when we're getting into the car, and there was just silence. We're driving home, just silence for about five minutes, and then finally I said, "Dad, what did you think of the game?" Knowing that he couldn't say anything, I scored three goals. We won the the the, the game. And he looked at me and said, when you run, you look like an old woman. When you run, you look like an old woman. That was all he could say. If I look back in my life, my teenage years, I was a mess. I was a mess not because I was a bad kid wanting to do drugs. I was a mess not because I was a bad kid wanting to use girls for my pleasure. I was, a, I, I was a mess, not because I wanted to go out and spend all my pay on getting drunk and living a debauched life. I was a mess in those years because I was searching for that GPS. I was trying to I was trying to connect with that satellite. When you drive into the garage, the GPS says get outside under the open sky so it can reconfigure with the satellites so it can tell you your bearings. When you don't have any bearings, your your life is a mess. Pastor, how come you don't preach on scene? You didn't be harder on seeing and this. Let, let me just tell you, you know, people out there, they're not in sin because they're wicked. They're in sin because they're hungry. They're living their lives without a GPS because there's an attack on our fathers and it's about time we shifted things. It was about time we started honoring our dads and it was about time we started raising up a brand new generation that understand what fatherhood is. But I was searching for affirmation. People join gangs. People join all kinds of things. Do you realize that over 85% of prison inmates, 85% of people doing hard times, sitting in cells, sit in cells because they never had a father present in their life. So powerful is the presence. So powerful is the words of a father that the enemy knows if he can just direct his focus, if he can just direct his attack on fathers. I'm telling you, you may not have a perfect father, but if he stayed, if he hung in there, if, if if he put a roof over your head, you owe it to your dad to tip your hat and say, thank you for being there thank you for doing your best. You didn't have a plan. You didn't have a map. You didn't have a GPS, but you hung in there. You did the best with what you had. You did the best with what you knew. If we don't honor our fathers, how are we going to reap that? Whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. we got to be a generation that looks past the failures, looks past the breakdown, looks past all of the issues and begins to honor and begins to see that they didn't have it the best. i got to tell you, God will bring His voice into your life. God will bring His words into your life. God will bring, He wants to bring that testimony into your life. See, it was God that helped me navigate. It was God that that brought His Word into my life. The second thing you need to understand is because fathers set the boundaries of what their kids achieve. Fathers set the boundaries of what their kids achieve. How many of you remember the story of the the 12 spies who cross over into the promised land? Come on, who's with me this morning? 12 spies cross over. 10 spies come back with a negative report. They come back and they they say, listen, we are not able to cross over. The land that we spied out is a good and large land. Yes, it's a land for, but giants are in that land. The inhabitants are the descendants of Anak. They're numerous. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. Moreover, we were like grasshoppers in our sight, grasshoppers in their sight. We are not able to go and do it. They had no idea that as fathers and leaders of their tribes, their words were so powerful that for the next 40 years, their children were unable to enter into all that God had for them because a father's words set the boundaries for what a child will achieve. God had to wait for that generation to die out. And then it was Joshua and Caleb, the voice of you can, the voice that let us go up at once to take that young generation. God had to change the voice. Can I just tell you, today in this house, God wants to change the voice in somebody's head. God wants to change the voice in your world. Maybe the, your world is you're never going to grow up too much, son. You're a disappointment, daughter. You're, you're this and you're that. Can I just tell you, today there is a voice, and it is a voice from heaven. And God wants to bring that voice, and He wants to bring shift, and He wants to bring change. Can somebody say amen? See, let me just tell you this. This is the difference between a woman's voice and a man's voice. A woman's voice will always make you feel good. A woman's voice was designed by the Spirit of God to bring comfort. When, when mama says, hey, baby, it's all right. Hey, baby, you tried. Baby, I'm proud of you. Those words will always bring comfort. And it's a very important voice. I'm not trying to belittle ladies today, but it's Father's Day. So will you just kind of give me a little bit of just some leniency to talk about dads? A, a, woman's, voice, a woman's voice is designed to comfort. But a man's voice is designed to empower. A man's voice is designed to strengthen. A woman can gush. A woman can say, you got an A. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Mommy's so proud of you. You're amazing. You're amazing. And the kid will feel confident. The dad can be reading the paper in the corner. The, 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 the conversation isn't finished until the boy hears from daddy. And all daddy has to do is just fold the paper. Just look in the young boy's direction say, You did good, boy. And then go back to his paper, just that one word going into that little boy's spirit puts an S on his chest where he feels that he can conquer the world. So powerful, so powerful, so powerful. Is the voice of a father the enemy wants to eliminate the voice of a father he wants to he wants to attack that thing because he knows it's the words of a father that begin to shape that begin to strengthen that begin to determine the destiny of a child maybe you're here and you're a dad and you never had somebody say I love you and never had somebody say I'm proud of you never had those words can I tell you make a decision I had to make a decision am I gonna just pass on to the next generation what was handed down for me I got to tell you, when I looked at the dust, when I looked at this this broken clay jar filled with dust and animosity, I said, no, not for my kids. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to pick up a brand new vessel and I'm going to go to the fountain of living water. Come on, somebody. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to dip into this well and I'm going to bring living water. I'm going to bring a new word. I'm going to bring a new trance. I'm going to bring a new legacy. I'm going to bring a new culture. To my, my kids will inherit something far different to me. It doesn't have to always be the same. And you know what? You may say, well, hang on. I, I never had that. I never had that. Somebody's got to pay the price. Somebody's got And can I just tell you? I haven't missed out. I have not missed out. I've learned how to run to God, my heavenly Father, who fills in all the gaps, whose healing salve and anointing will fill all the cracks and the crevices and will take that which is infected and septic and begin to make it whole and begin to make it heal again so that love flows out of you rather than bitterness. Will you let God today? Will you let God come into your world? Will you let God? See, Jesus, before he did one miracle, before he preached, before he did anything, Had His heavenly Father say, You are my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done a miracle. And yet heaven opens and says, You are my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. He hasn't started His ministry. Jesus didn't start His ministry. Jesus didn't do ministry to be pleased or accepted by the Father. He did it out of acceptance. See, watch this. God speaks, you find it in, in Matthew chapter 3. God speaks to Jesus at the baptism and He says, You are my Son in whom I am well pleased. Because a father's words are so powerful that God is looking and He sees the enemy circling. He sees the enemy pacing. He sees the enemy amassing an attack on the Son of God. No sooner has Jesus Come out of the waters of baptism and his father speak to him. The Bible says that he's led into the wilderness where for 40 days he's attacked, where for 40 days he's tested, where for 40 days he's tempted by the devil. Hell brings its onslaught against Jesus. And watch what Jesus says. The very first temptation the devil throws out at him is says, if you're the son of God. command these stones to become bread. But Jesus looks at the devil and says, man, you can bring your best shot, baby. Let me just tell you this. Man doth not live by bread alone, but he lives by every word that proceeds." seeds from the mouth of God I ain't got to perform for you I ain't got to do anything for you because my Heavenly Father's words have already set me up for the trials that I'm gonna face how many men face trials how many men face bankruptcy how many men face uncertainty in relationships how many men face heartache how many men face disappointment how many men face failure and they never had a voice from their father before they started the business before they got married saying you are my son In whom I'm well pleased. God knew that for Jesus to overcome the trials and the tribulation and satanic onslaughts, he needed a word, a word of affirmation. When we don't get this word of affirmation, do you realize what happens? When a man grows up without the voice of his father, he uses strength, but he misuses his strength. He misuses his strength and so he commits violence. Moses did not grow up with a father. His mother put him in a, in a basket, put him down, and then Pharaoh's daughter pulled him out. Daddy, can I keep him? How oh, can, I, can, I, can I keep him? Please, oh, please, oh, I'll feed him, I promise. Can I keep him? So he was brought up by Pharaoh's daughter. So when he, the Bible says when he became of age, 40 years of age, fully developed as a man, he sees conflict, he sees oppression, he sees... Injustice. He sees his nation, Israel, under such tyranny under the Egyptian rule that he goes out and he does not know how to direct his strength, And so he misuses his strength and commits murder. There are people sitting in prisons today, not because they're bad people. I tell you, we need prison ministry because there are people who committed murder Because they never had a daddy's voice teaching them how to use their strength properly. Teaching them how to use their strength properly. We have men today that misuse their strength, their domestic violence and, and, you know, and all of those things are evil. All of those things are bad. I'm not trying to justify any of those things. But I guarantee if you look, if you look closely enough, you'll find there was never a daddy whose words of affirmation, whose words were like a GPS of direction of how a boy should use his strength, of how a boy should use that that, that masculinity that God put on the inside of him. When, 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 when we have desire, all of us have desire, but when we don't have a father's presence, desire becomes misused and we become a Samson and we lay our head in the lap of Delilah, whose name is... Means lustful, only to have her shear off the very locks of our head to remove the anointing, to remove the power and rob us of our vision and destiny. Prosperity misused lots. Father died at a young age, and here he has incredible prosperity. But what does he do with that prosperity? He spends it on his pleasures. And Lot ultimately loses his marriage, loses his family, and loses his destiny because there was never a father's voice to teach him how to navigate through the storms, how to navigate through the world of success and financial success, and how to build a a, a hedge of protection between him and his own. Desires and his own lustful cravings. Nobody was there for him. You know, I look at ministry misused, even in ministry. Here is Elijah. He's the Lone Ranger, but he's in a cave, depressed, wanting to commit suicide because he's working around the clock. He executes all the 450 prophets of Baal, all the 400 prophets of Asherah, and he feels abandoned. He feels alone because there's never a dad in his world to say, You need to raise up other people. You need to develop a team. You need to. And so he's in a place of depression. I got to tell you, without a father's voice. Our girls grow up if, if our girls don't have a father's voice, I'm telling you their souls will be thirsty. They'll be longing for a father's voice and they will hop into bed with this one and with this one, not because they are a wayward woman, not because there's something that the world would, would like to, to label and tarnish. They are not that. They are just hungry and they are just thirsty for just some man to love them, just some man to speak words of value and words of affirmation. I've got to tell you that a father's Shapes the destiny. A father shapes the potential of their children through the words that he uses. The last one, point number three that I want to give you today. The reason that we honor fathers is you need to understand that when God was overthrowing Sodom and Gomorrah. When God was overthrowing Sodom and Gomorrah, the way that God overthrew that system, he did not send in there a military general. As much as I love our military generals. He did not send in to Sodom and Gomorrah a brand new political leader. He didn't say, "Well, you guys just needed to elect a new president." When God was overthrowing the system of perversion, oppression, destruction, when God was overthrowing that system, He knew that what was missing in that system was fathers. Because anything that smelt like a father, the people flocked. The Bible says, there two angels, two men, but there were angels, we realize came into the town and Lot was sitting in in the gate. And when he saw them, he says, quick, come under my roof. Come under my roof. Come into my house. You'll be safe there. They'd only just walked in and now they're in Lot's house. But the Bible says when all the men, when all the men of that city heard that these men had come to Lot's house, they came bashing on his door saying, bring out the men who have come under your roof that we may have sex with them. Because there was no fathers in Sodom and Gomorrah operating in the role of a father so that men were long looking for craving, desiring, yearning, thirsty for that affirmation. But they were looking for it in all kind of perverted territories. So what does God do? God sends in Abraham. What does Abraham's name mean? Exalted father. And Abraham doesn't have to take in a militia. He doesn't have to take in an army. He anoints 318 he arms 318 of his servants, and they go in and they overthrow the system of Sodom and Gomorrah because what it needed was an overhaul. What it needed was a father. I've got to tell you today, it is Father's Day, but I've got to tell you, men are an endangered species. Fathers are under attack. We have women in the porn industry, not because they're evil women or wicked women or lustful women. They're women who never had a father to put value. They never had a father to reaffirm, re-affirm They never had a father. If they had a protected father, nobody, no father would allow his daughter to be mistreated or abused like that. But there was an absence of fathers. I've got to tell you today, there is a war. There is a war against men. There is a blessing of a father, and I've got to tell you today, if you're a father in this house, and you did not get that from your earthly father, can I just tell you, there is a heavenly father. that 2,000 years ago, left heaven, and he came and he died on a cross so that he could make a way back for you to have connection with him. 27 years ago on a beach on the south coast of Australia, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and when Jesus came into my life, when Jesus came into my heart, All the pain, all the anger, all the bitterness, the resentment and the hostility began to wane as His healing power, as His love began to flood my life. I love the Bible not because it's a prerequisite for ministry. I love the Bible, not because it's a textbook for success. I love the Bible because I need to hear His voice. I need His words. And I find when I open the Bible, He feeds me. He feeds me words of affirmation. You'll find those words will rebuild you. There is a war, ladies, on fathers. There's a war against our men. We've got to fight for our men. We've got to encourage our men. We've got to support our men. Now listen, if you're married to a man, he ain't perfect. He, he ain't perfect. Do you know the, the, the men and women process differently? Do you realize that? Do you know a woman processes by talking? She, she, she thinks by speaking. She'll be ironing or fussing around in the kitchen and and she sees you over there on the couch watching TV and she'll she'll start yelling, I can't believe I've got to go down to the school and sort out of those kids, those kids of ours are crazy. And she'll just go on and on. she's just thinking. And you'll sit and you're just sitting, you're just listening. You're just doing what you just got the remote in your hand, you're listening, you're trying to watch, you know, and then all of a sudden she'll stop and she'll go, and that's the problem. All you care about is your stupid football game. And you're like, ah. Oh. Because women process by verbalizing. Men process by going into a cave. Men men don't... Women process by speaking. Men process by... So he may may sit there and look like, and you're angry because he's not getting it. He is getting it because men are problem fixers. Men are problem solvers. He'll take that problem that you just gave him and he'll go into his cave and two or three days later he'll come back <laughs> and he'll say to you you know honey this is what i think we need to do with our kid and, she, and she's like what are you going on about <laughs> she's already moved on it was she was just we need to honor our man ladies honor your man 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 every head bowed, every head about.